Well, I've been so excited about this Sunday uh, because Stephen Overbaugh is here with us. And uh, I'm going to let his, his brother-in-law, Dylan, come and introduce him. But just my little pre-introduction is uh, as we've been part of the Rama ministerial family and every October we go to the minister's retreat here locally down in Oregon and Stephen, I've got to see him grow up as a little guy just hanging out with his mom and dad and just every year he's a little grow older and bigger and now he's got a beard and he's all hairy and and uh, but he he just followed the call of God on his life and went to Rama and graduated several years ago and and he is out going and blowing for Jesus Christ and so just an honor I mean it just blesses me to have him in this house so I'm going to hand it over to you Dylan and uh, do what you do give it up for Dylan Dylan just traveling with his brother-in-law so you're on morning everybody Praise the Lord. We so enjoy you guys welcoming us into your state. We enjoyed hanging out with Greg and Starlene, pastors Greg and Starlene. They took us out on the water the other day. That was a ton of fun. Praise the Lord. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is talking about the different gifts given into the body of Christ, right? How many of you understand that there are different giftings, right? Now, you, two, you all have a wonderful set of pastors here, and you get to hear from a, a pastor's gift, right? But it's also good for the body of Christ to hear from another gift. Isn't that right? Yeah. It says down in chapter 13, or verse 13, it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, right? This is about the gifts, but this is also about growing up, right? So what, the, what Paul's saying here is that the healthy diet of the believer consists of receiving from multiple gifts, yeah. right? If we want to be established, if we want to grow up to the measure of the fullness of Christ, we need to hear from all sorts of people, right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so I am honored and I am uh, blessed to be able to travel with this ministry. We go all over the country to different churches, bringing the Word of God and the demonstration of the Spirit. My brother-in-law here comes and he'll bring a message for that church in that time, right? So I just want to encourage you all to hook in, right? See, the hearing is affected by the receiving. Isn't that right? Now, you all are a bunch of wonderful receivers. I can tell that already, right? But just keep that up. Receive from him, and you'll be able to pull out more of what the Lord has for you. And then after the service, we have some free teaching. We'd like to leave with you guys a four-part series about the working of miracles and special faith. Things for the body of church today, right? The body of Christ today, but we need to learn about these things if we, ex- if we want to expect them to happen in our midst. Isn't that right? So I'm just going to hand off the service to my brother. Thank you all. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I always uh, like to give Dylan an opportunity to minister and also uh, talk about what we bring with us on the road, the product that we bring. And give him an opportunity to minister because, you know, there's another generation of ministers coming up. And um, we should be already looking for the next 
generation of people that God wants to touch and wants to flow through and move through. Can you say amen? Now, some of you probably are wondering how old I am right now. I'm old enough to know, know that the Lord wants to continually be ministering through the next generation, not just those that have been in this for a long time, but those that are coming into this. The Lord's beginning to work with that next generation. And... Uh, I was raised in a pastor's home. Pastor Greg mentioned it a little bit. He, I know, I've known them for years. And grown up in a pastor's home, went to all the ministers' meetings around this part of the country, um, went down to all of Brother H- Kenneth E. Hagan's ministry meetings um, in Oklahoma and different places around the country. I used to follow his ministry with my parents. And so I've known this my whole life and been raised in this my whole life, and it's just wonderful to see how God uh, is moving in the body of Christ in these last days, and, and how he's flowing, and, and how he's getting people into position to be used of him. Hallelujah. And so I've watched this uh, my whole life, been in this my whole life, and, uh, and the Lord, you know, he dealt with me at a young age. When I was eight years old, I, I knew I had the call of God on my life. I knew I was called to the ministry, and not just vaguely knew, but I knew I was called to fivefold ministry. And we know that the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says, He, being Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, I knew I was called to the fivefold. We call that the fivefold ministry gift. And I knew I was called to that at eight years old. Eight years old. Everybody say eight years old. old. That's pretty young. Do you know that if people will be sensitive, it doesn't matter how young you are, the Lord will begin to speak to you and show you His plan and His purpose. And the Lord is looking for willing vessels that He can use. Looking for hearts that He can flow through. Looking for people that are consecrated to his plan and his purpose in these last days. Can you say amen? Amen. I don't know why I'm on this. It must be for somebody. There's people that need to step up into their place for this time, for this hour, for this move of God that he is bringing to the earth in these last days. We've, We've heard people, ministers, talk about the move of God. If you are sensitive to the Spirit of God, you can tell we're getting close to the end. Jesus is coming back soon. We were talking about that yesterday, Pastor. Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back soon. And he's also looking for the harvest in these last days to precede his coming. A move of God to bring more people into the kingdom before he comes back to catch the church away. We call it the rapture. That's a a term that we use today. Uh, The scripture in the Bible calls it the catching away of the church. And he's coming to bring the church home. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, that right there is, it ministers to me every time I look at that, the words of Jesus. Jesus said, 
Let not your heart be troubled. I'll tell you, there's some troubling times that we're living in right now. Times and things happening in the world right now that would try to bring trouble into your life or cause you to be troubled. You know what I'm saying? Troubled, I mean distressed. Have anxiety. Have, you know, the temptation to be worried and concerned about what's going on. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now. In this country and around the world, it's the things that the Scripture had forewarned us about. Wars and rumors of wars, distress, peril. And there's all kinds of things to be concerned about. In this nation, they're talking about, you know, the concern with the economy and, and all the things that are happening on the, in the financial market. Well, what did Jesus say? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Whether or not my heart is troubled is more dependent on me than it is on God. I make a choice whether or not I'm going to be troubled. Whether or not I'm going to be troubled. Jesus said, let not or do not let your heart be troubled. And then he goes on to say, and I'm, this is John 14, 1, going on from verse 1 through. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Hallelujah. I, this ministers to me every time I, I look at it, like I said, and boy, just let it minister to you right now. Let, in my Father's house are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. God's got a place for you and me. Jesus has a place for you and me. He said, if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Well, when he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that's talking about the catching away, coming again to receive the church that was just getting started. Right after he arose from the dead, the church began. He said, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And I, said, I quoted this, we were talking about the, the return of the Lord is drawing closer. It's drawing closer. And Jesus said, during these times, knowing he's coming, knowing that he is, is uh, getting ready to come back, that during this time we're not to let our heart be troubled, but we're to be ready for his coming. We're to be ready. We're to, you know, you ought to be thinking about the home that you're going to. I mean, thank God for where we live. We live in a beautiful part of the country, in my opinion, the, the best part of this country. And Montana's just a little bit better than Washington. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, don't stone me. <laughs> Montana and Washington, Idaho, beautiful states. We have the Rocky Mountains. We have all this, this beauty around us. And we, we can be, you know, just so um, settled in this wonderful place that we live in. And we can be so glad that we're here. But we ought to remember that our home is in heaven with the Lord. And we should be looking for that. We should be mindful of that. The scripture says, we won't have time to go to it today, but you'll find if you look this up and study it out that 
18 times in the New Testament alone, it talks about being watchful, watching for his return, watchfulness, watchfulness and prayer. A lot of times, many times, when the scripture speaks of being watchful, it has to do with prayer. And we're talking about prayer in the spirit. I'm in a word of faith, spirit-filled church, right? Just checking. (laughs) I'm in the right place, right? (laughs) Praise God. So when the scripture, and again, I'm talking just the New Testament right now, the new covenant where we live. 18 times the word watch or watchfulness or or watching is used. And it has to do a lot of times with prayer. And not just prayer according to our own understanding, but prayer in the Spirit. Prayer in the Spirit. So somebody said, well, how can I watch for His return? How can I be watchful of what the Lord is doing in these last days and what He's getting ready to do? How can I know that I'm going to be in the right place at the right time? You should be watchful in prayer, in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit keeps you ready for his move. Keeps you ready for what he wants to do. Praying in the Spirit keeps you aware and on guard spiritually. Praying in the Spirit will cause you to be spiritually discerned or spiritually aware of his plan and purpose in these last days. And then being watchful in prayer in the Spirit, that's how you look for the coming of the Lord. Coming of the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. See, we're not supposed to just sit out in our front yards and and look up in the sky and and wait for Jesus to come back. That's not how you watch. (laughs) I'm sure some people have tried that. (laughs) But that's not how you watch. He's not talking about watching with your natural eyes. He's talking about, the scripture talks about watching with your spiritual eyes. And the way you watch with your spiritual eyes is in prayer. Prayer in the Spirit. Prayer in the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's so vitally important that people be filled with the Spirit of God and, and make a practice, a practice to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit every single day. Because that keeps you sharp spiritually. Can you say amen? amen? I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. I'm terrible with introducing myself and I'm terrible with introduction. I, I get into a flow and I just start going with it and I, I don't finish the other thing I was going to say. I wanted to say it's so good to be here. <laughs> it's really good to be here, but I got away from it and started to minister. Hallelujah. It really is an honor to be in this house, Pastor. Pastor Greg I, and Sarlene, I really do appreciate it. And um, like I said, I've been friends with these guys for a long time and um, just really looked forward to coming here finally and being with you guys. I wish my hair looked as good as Pastor Greg's. He, he's sharp. He's a sharp looking dude. <laughs> we love our pastors. Amen. Thank God for our pastors. I still, uh, you know, when I'm home and I'm not traveling, I'll, I'll sit under a pastor, my pastors, which... Um, you know, they feed me. They, they, they bring a, a supply of the Spirit that I need. And it's like uh, Brother Dylan was saying earlier, he, um, 
He was saying that, you know, different ministry gifts bring different um, anointings to the body of Christ. And they bring a different supply of the Spirit to the body of Christ. And we should be um, listening to all of them so that we can get all that God wants for us and has for us until we all come into the unity of the faith, like he quoted earlier. Unto a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we come to the full knowledge of who Christ is. Did you know that you're not going to grow spiritually the way that God intends that you should, unless you're sitting under fivefold ministry gifts? Some people don't agree with that. And, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, grew up in a pastor's home, grew up in ministry, have helped my, past, my uh, parents pastor for so long until one uh, time the Lord said to me one day, the Lord said to me that he had called me to traveling ministry and to go out on the road, on the field, we say sometimes. And um, so I always, you know, was familiar with ministry, but the Lord took me in a different direction than what I thought I was going to go into. But one thing that I've seen growing up in a pastor's home and being involved with pastoral ministry is that people that disregard or dishonor the ministry gift that God has placed over them, they never grow to the level that God wants them to. I've seen that over the years. And I've seen where people that dishonored the pastor of the church fell backwards or slid into a place that was detrimental to their life spiritually because they didn't honor the gift that God had given them. Are you listening to me? We need to honor the ministry gifts given to the body of Christ. They're given from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 tells us what they are. But in Ephesians chapter 4, and you have your Bibles, why don't we turn here to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. I could quote it, but I want you to look at it today because there's important things that we can get when we put our eyes on it. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at the seventh verse. And you know what? I want to pray really fast before we keep going. Because I never like to minister in a service without acknowledging the Lord first. And so you just join your faith with me and believe God with me that we're going to go to the places that he wants us to go to this morning. Amen. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for this day that you've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It is a day to rejoice because it's the day and it's the time where you're moving mightily by your spirit. We thank you that this is a time, a day, an hour of miracles and signs and wonders. We thank you, Lord, that this is a time where the harvest is being reaped, where people are coming out of darkness and into the light. We thank you that this is a time where the church is growing and increasing. And we thank you, Lord, that this is a time where you are lifted up and glorified. And so we rejoice in this day and we rejoice in this hour and what you're doing, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this time we can come together as the body of Christ these few moments today to receive from you, but also to minister to you, Lord, and to be in the plan and purpose that you have for this service, to be in the flow of heaven right now. And we thank you, Lord, for the great and mighty things that you have in store. Father, I pray that you'd give unto every single one of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power to usward who believe. Lord, we determine to be believers and not doubters. We determine to be doers of your word and not hearers only. Thank you, Lord, that we can be recipients of all that you've provided for us, all that you've done for us in Christ. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Father, glorify your name in this house right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, looking at the seventh verse, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Hallelujah. Understand that grace always goes along with the gift. Grace goes along with the gift. Well, I just don't feel very grace. And this goes for, who, for anybody that's serving the master. I don't feel very graced. I don't feel like I can keep going. Sometimes we can serve the Lord in our own flesh and wear ourselves out because we're not leaning on the grace of God, which is God's ability. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And so it's so important that we understand that grace is given for the gift. Grace comes along with the gift. God doesn't require you to do this in your own strength. God doesn't require churches to fulfill the mandate that's on their life. Ministries, churches, they have mandates. And he doesn't expect them to do that without his supernatural grace, supernatural power, supernatural ability. Can you say amen? Did you know churches have assignments? This church has an assignment. And when you were brought to this church led to come to this church, brought to be a part of this ministry, you were brought into or connected to the mandate that's on your pastor's hearts, on their lives, and to help them fulfill that. And then while you're helping to fulfill that, helping while you serve, the Lord is doing things in you. He does things in us while we serve Him. And so as we are serving the Lord, we can expect to grow and to be um, brought into his perfect will for our life. Expect to increase in grace. But you see that churches have assignments. Ministers have assignments. And, and there's, there's grace to go along with that. Can you say Amen. But see here, the scripture says grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Whatever that measure is, whatever the measure of the gift is. But notice it says, wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, speaking of Jesus, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, or a footnote in my Bible says, went up. Jesus went up. We know that Jesus went up, and this is referring to when he he rose from the dead and he ascended up to Father God. He took his blood into the Holy of Holies. 
he obtained eternal redemption for us, Hebrews says. And we see um, in the Gospels where he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was in the garden, and remember, remember he rose from the dead, and the tomb was empty. And the, the women that went to tend to the body, they were looking for him, and they couldn't find him because the tomb was empty. They were distressed. They, were, they didn't know where he was. Well, Mary, she, she spent time in the garden. She hung, stayed behind when the others left, and she saw Jesus, but she didn't know it was him at first, and she, she thought he was the gardener of that, of that area, that place. My dad went to Israel a few years ago, and he went to that same exact place where the tomb is empty, and it's empty. And it was a wonderful sight, he said, just a wonderful thing to see, to see it in person, you know. But um, she looked at him, she didn't know who it was, and she said, will you tell me where you laid him? And when he spoke her name, he said, Mary, revelation came, her eyes were opened, and she saw who he was. She said, Master, she saw him. And she wanted to touch him immediately. But Jesus said, don't touch me yet, Mary. I have not ascended unto my Father. But go and tell my disciples, I go unto your God and my God, to my Father and your Father. And he ascended up. And he, and he according to the scripture, he took his blood into the holy place in heaven. And he obtained eternal redemption for us. And he came back to the earth and he showed himself, the scripture reveals, for, for um, 40 days. And then he ascended again and the scripture reveals he's at the right hand of God there now, making intercession for us, Romans 8, 34 says. He makes intercession for us at the right hand of God. But he ascended up on high. Do you notice that? Verse 8, it says, when he ascended up on high, he went up. He led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now it says, he that ascended, what is it but that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth? The lower parts of the earth that the scripture reveals, reveals to us that that is where hell is. That's where hell is found, the lower parts of the earth. There's other scriptures to substantiate that, but we don't have time to go there. Verse 10 says, he that descended is the same also that ascended. Hallelujah. Far, up, far above, notice, all heavens. Not just heaven, but heavens. There's more than one heaven. There's three that the scripture talks about. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about that, verse 1. Paul said he ascended to the third heaven, which is, um, the scripture also reveals is called paradise, where God is himself. We're not teaching on that, but I've just given you a little bit of a bonus there for free. <laughs> All heavens, the scriptures. You know, you ought to take the time to look at the word and study it out. Don't just skim over things. Stud take the time to study it because there's so much more revelation when you take the time. More the Holy Ghost will reveal to you when you study and um, slow down. Slow down. So all heavens. Notice this, that he might fill, I'm reading from a King James translation, that literally means fulfill all things. Notice all things were fulfilled when he ascended up on high. 
all things were fulfilled. There's nothing more that God has to do for us. We have come into a day and an hour. We're in a better covenant established upon better promises, the scriptures said in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. And Jesus Christ is the mediator of that covenant. And in this covenant, we have received full redemption, everything that God has provided for us. He has blessed us to the fullest measure. He has redeemed us to the fullest measure. He has healed us to the fullest measure. He has provided everything that we need, and there's nothing more that has to be done. Nothing more. See, a lot of times Christians reach out to God and say, God, please do this for me. I'm asking you to do this in my life. I'm asking for this to come to pass in my life. I'm asking you to provide this for me in my life. That's how a lot of Christians pray. But the Lord has done it all. The scripture reveals, and again, in the New Testament, this is where we live, the new covenant, where God has fulfilled all things, where he has completed the work. Can you say amen? There's nothing more that we've been redeemed from the curse, the scripture said, Galatians 3.13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. There's nothing more that has to be done. So if you're waiting on God to do something, then you're missing it. Because see, God's already done it. What we have to do is find out from the word what he has done and by faith lay, lay claim to it. Take hold of it. Receive it. Say, that's mine. I qualify for that. And I'm taking that right now in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So thank God he's fulfilled all things. The scripture says that he might fulfill all things. And that's what happened when he ascended. There's not a day coming when he will fulfill all things. He has fulfilled all things. Glory be to God. That's good news. Amen. We're getting, and then verse 11, he goes on to describe what those ministry gifts are to the body of Christ, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice verse 13, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man or perfect woman. (laughs) The scripture reveals to us that we're all sons of God because we're in Christ. Glory be to God. Unto the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's, there's so much here that we're not going to get into today, but there's, that there's a fullness that believers need to enter into that's in Christ. There's a fullness of understanding, a fullness of revelation, a fullness of everything that Christ did for us that we need to enter into. And one way... That we, the one way that the scripture reveals that we're supposed to enter into that fullness, it comes through the teaching and the preaching of the word that comes through ministry gifts. Praise God. Glory be to God. And so started out by saying we need to give honor to them. We need to, we need to esteem what the gift of God is that's in them because it's given from the Lord. It's from the head of the church. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory be to God. God's doing uh, wonderful things in these last days. 
He's doing glorious things in these last days. We need to be uh, asking the Lord, what is it that you want me to do, Lord, for you in these last days? What is your purpose for me in my life? There's a lot of Christians right now, in the, I'm talking in, general, in the body of Christ today, that are on the sidelines, so to speak. They're on the sidelines. They're not in their place. They're not in the, the plan that God would have for them. For some, they've entered into it, but then they drew back from it because of pressure or because it got hard or because, because there was so much opposition that came against them. And so they drew back from it. For others, they have not yet stepped into it. They've not yet stepped into it. But God is calling for all of us in this hour to step into our place, to get into our race where grace is found. See, a lot of people, they deteriorate spiritually, not because God wants that for them, but because they're not in what God has for them. And it's because they're not under the grace of God that, that he has for them. See, when you're serving the Lord in his plan and his purpose, there's grace for that. Especially when you talk about it. Especially when you expect it. Not talk it off of you, but talk it on to you. <laughs> See, I've seen that before too, where people just, they'll talk about how hard the ministry is or how hard it is to serve the Lord. Or, you know, I've entered, I have so many problems since serving Jesus. <laughs> You know, some people wouldn't say that necessarily like that, but that's what they're thinking. That's what they believe. And the enemy has lied to them. He's lied to so many. He's kept people out of their plan and the purpose that God has for them because of deception, because of lies, because they believed what he said more than what God said. This word the Word of God, such a precious thing. It's the highest authority. I know that you've been taught the Word of God and are taught the Word of God in this place. But it's, it's such a precious thing to have His Word because His Word is anointed. His Word is life. His Word brings the answers. His Word brings the help that we need. Jesus said in John 6, 63, John chapter 6, verse 63, the words that I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. When I receive the word of God, whether it's being preached or taught to me, or when I'm looking at it on my, in my own personal time with the Lord, I'm receiving the words of life. And sometimes people think, well, nothing's changing, nothing's happening. Why isn't it happening for me right away? You need to continue to hear. You need to continue to sit under the word because there's things happening in the realm of the spirit that aren't always seen right away natural, naturally in the natural realm. The word's working. Whether you see it right away or not. Are you listening to me? Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they're spirit and life. It's life. I like what Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 said, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear 
or my ear unto thy sayings. Well, what are his sayings? The word of God. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. That takes diligence. He goes on to keep them in the midst of thine heart. And then the, the Proverbs goes on to say, for they, my words, are life. We just got through looking at what Jesus said. The words I speak unto you are spirit and life. Proverbs said, they're life unto those that find them. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Their life. Everybody say their life. Their life. Unto those that find them. How do you find the word of God? Well, he just got through telling us in verse 20 and 21. By attending, by looking, by inclining your ear. Now, we don't use the word incline today in this modern vernacular. I read from a King James translation and study, but we don't use the word incline today. Have you ever heard anybody today say that? You need to incline to what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Not too often. But that word, I like that word because it literally means to bend over to hear. To bend over to hear. To lean in to hear. Lean in. You know, we're living in a time when there's a lot of voices out there. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10 said there are many voices in the world. And... We're living in a time when there's so many people saying things, so many circumstances saying things, so many things around us that are talking. They're talking. They're saying things. And if you're not cautious, if you're not aware of it, you can start to tune into what those things are saying and tune out the voice of the Word of God in your life. And tune out the voice of the Holy Ghost in your life. But the Word of God teaches us how we keep the Word of God working for us to where the life can be uh, ministered to us. The way that you find the Word of God is by inclining your ear or bending over or, or leaning in to hear it. Now, I like this illustration. One time I was in a group of people it was, a large, it was a large group of people, and there was a lot of people talking loudly. And there was a person right in front of me talking to me, but I couldn't really hear what they were saying as well because there was so much noise. There's a lot of noise today. A lot of noise today. And so what I had to do to hear them better, because I'd pick up some things and miss other things. Ha, ha, ha. Sorry. The Lord's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. <clears throat> and so I had to, st I stepped in closer to them to hear what they were saying. Stepped in closer to them to hear what they were saying. And we've probably all been in a situation where if you wanted to hear somebody better, you had to get closer to them. That's exactly what the Word of God is teaching in Proverbs 4. Bend over to hear, lean in to hear. Get closer to it. Incline your ear unto my sayings. And so that's how you find it. How do you find the word of God? By attending, by looking, and by inclining. 
their life unto those that find them. Not everybody's finding the Word of God. Not because God hasn't provided the Word of God, but because they're not inclining. Because they're not attending. Because there's other voices in their life they're paying attention to. That which is on the TV and on the internet and social media and what people are saying, what the doctor said, and what the economist said. Are you listening to me? And that's why they're not finding it, because they're not taking the time to lean in. You have to put away those other voices in your life and listen to the Word of God. Because the Word of God is life unto those that find them. It's health to all their flesh. Now that word health is really interesting. If you look it up and study it out, you'll find it literally means medicine. A medicine to the flesh. And if you've ever taken medicine in this place, you know that there's a prescription that goes along with it or a way to use it, a way that it's supposed to be used in order to get the results that the medicine promises. Well, the Word of God has to be treated a certain way. It has to be honored. It has to be revered and reverenced. It has to be placed first in your life in order for that medicine to work. Are you listening to me? That medicine is heavenly medicine that every single one of us need. And you know, whether you're dealing with an issue in your body or not, you should still be taking God's medicine because it's good to just stay full of it and just keep up on it. You know, I, I like to make a practice in my life to um, keep taking God's medicine with regards to healing every single day, whether I'm dealing with the symptoms in my body or not. Because if, I'm, if I keep putting the Word of God in, I keep putting the life of God in. And I can get to the place, you can get to the place, we all can get to the place where you walk and live in divine health and healing and things just don't attach themselves to us. You can live free from sickness and disease. You can live free from poverty and lack. Attend to the Word of God. Incline your ear to His sayings. Amen. Glory be to God. And I was just thanking the Lord the other day that he has given us this word, has given us his word to lead us and to guide us and to show us what to do. Not only given us the word, but given us the revelation that goes along with that word. Given us the Holy Ghost to teach us his word and to show us what is found in it. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And if you'll get acquainted with the Holy Ghost, get better familiar with the Holy Ghost. We could say have a better fellowship with the Holy Ghost. He'll teach you more. He'll show you more. He'll do more in your life. And it's all been provided. Can you say amen? amen. Glory be to God. And so, glory be to God. We're going all over the place, huh? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord has things that he wants to do in people's lives. There's things that he's speaking into people's lives. He's talking and speaking to hearts in this day and in this hour. Getting people ready for what he wants them to do. Getting people into position for his greater move. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed and he meant to in Is it all right if I flow for a minute, Pastor? 
I hear the Spirit of God say that it's time to get into your place. Time to get ready for my move. Time to get ready for my flow. And to not be distracted by what you have seen and what has been up against you, but to lean on the greater one that's on the inside of you. To not look to the past. Oh, some in this place have a past they're not proud of, a past that they regret, a past that bothers them, a past that that's haunted them. But the Spirit of God would say that I want to restore things in your life and I want to heal those broken things in your life. I want you to walk away from your past and to never look back. For I'm doing a new thing in this day and in this hour, says the Spirit of God, and it shall be grand, and it shall be glorious, and it shall be at the right time. For there is a time and there is a season to reap and to receive. And that time is here and is now and for some is coming. And so be ready and do not be moved by the enemy. Do not be moved by the past and do not be moved by shortcomings and failures, but only believe the word of God and stand upon what I have said to you and you shall enter into the greater things that I have in store for you. I hear the spirit of God say, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why don't we lift our hands and just thank him right now? Thank you, Lord. Get ready for his move, amen? Get ready for his move. Get ready for what God has called us to do. I want to read something to you and I don't even know. I'm going to read something to you really quickly. A word of prophecy that um, was given back in February of 2021. How many know that, that God is speaking in these last days and we need to be paying attention to it? And prophecy and words from the Lord, those things haven't passed away. There's, there are going to be false things out there. There's going to be false prophets out there, but there's the true and there's the genuine that we need to be uh, looking and paying attention to. And there's, there's, those things will edify the body of Christ. Can you say amen? And so the Lord's speaking. He's speaking through different individuals. He'll speak through your pastors. He'll speak through his word and by the spirit of God. We need to be paying attention to these things and prospering in these things because we give honor to them. If you give honor to the things that God will say in this place and in your life, then you'll prosper in those things. You'll begin to see those things happen in your life. So I want to read this word of prophecy. I think it's really important. It's very timely for this day and this hour. It was given in February of 2021. It starts out by saying, The Holy Ghost is grieved in many churches. He's grieved in many places. He's not allowed to move as he wants to move. He's not allowed to have his way. And the Lord would say that I am coming into a place that invites me. Into a place that honors me. Into a place that is ready for me. And my move shall be great in that place. And my hand shall be mighty and weighty upon that place. 
and there shall be great and mighty things done in that place. And glorious churches shall arise in these last days, I hear the Spirit of God say, to reap the harvest and to do the work of the Lord, glorious in light and glorious in power, and glorious because the Son of God, the Son of Man, is in the midst of them. So invite the Holy Ghost into your life and into your churches and invite his work and his hand into that place. For there will be great and mighty things in your midst and people shall be drawn to the power and drawn to the anointing and lives shall be changed, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I love that, don't you? It's something that I continually look back over and over again, and it keeps reminding me, it keeps me sharp and keeps reminding me of what God wants to do in these last days. There's, never, there's no one too young, too old in the Lord or naturally that God doesn't want to use right now. When I was brought into the understanding that the Lord had called me, I was eight years old. I got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues when I was 10 years old. And from there on out, the Lord began to reveal his plan and his purpose in a great and mighty way. And so point I want to get over to you is that nobody should be left out, but everybody should get into their place. Everybody should be expecting the Lord to reveal his plan and purpose. Ask him and then wait on him because he wants to show you. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know everything about this YouTube right here, but I, the Lord told me to tell you he wants to restore some things in your life. And he wants to bring some things about in your life. Some things that have been buried deep down on the inside. He wants to bring those things out in these last days. And so wait on me and trust me because I'm bringing it to pass. And it shall be more wonderful than you could even imagine. And commandia stumbra by. Healing shall become, come into manifestation. There'll be healing. There'll be restoration. But there shall also be greater things added to you, I hear the Spirit of God say. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory be to God. Well, Pastor, hopefully all that made sense. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Would you all just stand in this place? You know, it's just, if we can just get a hold of one word. You know, expectation. Being in the right place. Seeking. Leaning in. I don't know, there's so many great words spoken. And that's worth something. If your head's bowed eyes closed. This is a holy moment where God is moving. His word went forward and our hearts are open to receive. And the first thing we need to take care of is if you're here, you're watching online and Jesus is not your Savior. You've drifted away and things got in the way and you need to get things right. Today's the day. Right now is the day the moment to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to, or to renew. So I'm going to count to three, and on three, I want 
Those of you that just sense the Spirit of God tugging at your heart, I want you to raise your hand. Those of you watching online, right where you're at, God's there with you. He's moving on your heart. One, today's a day of salvation. Two, don't let anything or anyone talk you out of this moment. Three, raise your hand in this place and those watching online. Amen. Yes, amen. Praise God. Let's all just repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you as I am. I've missed the mark, but you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to redeem my life, to purchase me back, to make me new, to forgive me, to make me born again. I am now saved. Jesus is my Savior. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, those of you, maybe, you know, you're just like, Stephen's just like, man, I need to get more diligent with God's Word. I need to know what God wants for me to do today. I'm... If you're breathing, you are available. You're a candidate to be used by God. Maybe you just like, you know, I need the Holy Spirit. I need to talk in tongues more. I need to seek God. I, I've been allowing the world to conform me. I need to be transformed in this last days, not conformed. If any one of those things, I would just like, yeah, pastor, I need to seek. I need to lean in. I need to hear more. I need, I need to pray more. I need to seek God more. Just keep your hands raised. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, and Lord, we just thank you for the powerful word to touch our lives. And Lord, we just want that word to work in us as we make a decision to not be conformed, but to be transformed, to not listen to the voices of this world, but to listen to your voice, to lean into what you're saying, to pray in the Holy Spirit more, to, to receive. Oh, Father, I thank you that signs and wonders and miracles uh, will happen through your people, not just in the house of God, but in the marketplace as they go about their day. They are being used. We are being used. We are available anytime, any place. In Jesus' name, amen.